welcome back. This is They Reminisce Over You. I am Miguel. And I'm Christina. And on today's episode, we're going to be discussing one of our faves, Tevin Campbell. All the songs that we loved, why we were fans then, and why we're still fans now. Let's get into it. Let's get into it talking about Mr. Tevin Campbell. Tevin Campbell. The first time I heard Tevin Campbell was on Quincy Jones's album, Back on the Block. Uh, he was just this random little kid that came out singing this inspirational mm-hmm. kitty chorus type song. And everybody's like, ooh, he's going to be the next Michael Jackson and blah, blah, blah. So that was my introduction to Tevin. Is it the same for you? Um, or did you hear about him a little bit later? I heard about him a little bit later because this was released in 1989 so i was about 10 at the time okay so at that age i was still just listening to i don't know whatever was on the radio and whatever my sisters listened to so we were it was not a quincy jones household (laughs) so (laughs) the r&b i did hear growing up was more pop r&b like jody watley or um the jets (laughs) (laughs) so i did not hear of this song until later and i kind of just looked back and found it okay yeah i wouldn't say that it was a quincy jones household yeah because i was hearing it on the radio right because by the time i'm listening to music on my own quincy wasn't really making hits like that okay so i really knew nothing about him other than he made thriller right with michael jackson so the song is called tomorrow yep i looked it up again yesterday just to remind me what it sounded like and uh so it's familiar but this is definitely something i discovered later want to hear a fun fact okay sure why not (laughs) so the week of the release of this song or this Mm -hmm. album uh the number one song on the billboard hot 100 was would you like to guess 1989 yes 1989 november 25th hmm i don't know exactly Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to throw it out there and say Bobby Brown. It was Blame It on the Rain oh, by Millie Vanilli. Wasn't oh. this the video where they were dancing around with their blazers and their leggings and they that ridiculous chest bump? Blazers and leggings and chest <laughs> bumping in, in all the videos. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyways, let's I, get I just back. remember that they were, there was the one video yeah. where they were both chasing the girl. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I think that, anyways, let's get back to Tevin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So for me, the first time I heard Tevin was um, Round and Round. Oh, so the Prince record. Mm-hmm. Um, that horrible movie, Graffiti Bridge. <laughs> we need to watch Graffiti Bridge one night because it's uh-huh. it's supposed to be the sequel to Purple Rain. Okay. But it's terrible. Okay. <laughs> it is horrible. Don't let the Prince fans hear you. I'm a Prince fan and oh, I say it's you terrible. You're a Prince fan, but you're not that kind of, you know, Prince fan. <laughs> they would say the same. All right. So you're saying Prince fans are realistic? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> This was the first song I heard from him, and I actually thought he was a girl because <laughs> his voice I can see was it. High, high. Yeah, I mean his voice still is, but it was higher because he was like twelve. Yeah, at the time. he was like twelve. And you remember how back in the like the late eighties and early nineties, even a little bit later, they always tried to force a rap yeah. into the song. So when uh, the part when he's like, "One day I'll make it in the big city, <laughs> and I'll be looking for a girl who's pretty." So I'm like, "Oh, so I guess he's a boy." <laughs> In theory, if he's looking for a girl who's pretty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I heard the song, but it, I mean, I don't hate it, but it wasn't anything special to me at the right. time. Yeah, the song was okay. Mm-hmm. But 
again, just being in that terrible movie, mm-hmm. it, it just didn't work. Well, the funny thing is, like, now listening to it again, wearing, like, my Apple AirPods, which I'm sure is much better quality than the headphones I was wearing back in the, you know, late 80s or late 90s, I can hear Prince so clearly. For the first time. Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Prince is singing on this song. Why did I never hear this before? Prominently singing on this song. Prominently singing in the song. So that was interesting i guess um but it's also funny that um i was saying how i thought he was a girl in this song mm-hmm. because by the time the album came out his voice had dropped a little bit yeah but it's just funny because you know we were watching the those youtube twins that react to different songs yes and they thought he was a girl in can we talk and i'm like his voice had dropped by then yeah he was getting a little deeper at that <laughs> yeah, point like he still had a high voice but i'm like he sounds like a boy to me yeah. but i mean i guess we knew who he was. Yeah, we knew who he was, and we're not just hearing, like, a five-second clip on TikTok right. or something, right? So I thought that was funny. Yeah, it, he was recording these songs mm-hmm. for his first album when he was, like, 13 to 14. And the content that he's singing about <laughs> is not for 13 and 14-year-olds. Right. Like, what 13-year-old should be singing, tell me what you want me yes. to do? Come on, man. Yeah. You should be singing about doing your homework. Well, I mean, that's probably why he was getting these comparisons to Michael Jackson. I mean, Michael, well, in the Jackson 5, he was, yeah, yeah. When he was singing the Jackson 5, he was quite young and he's singing about relationship stuff. Yeah. (laughs) He's singing about like, we living together. Yeah. Don't leave. Yes, why you got your, don't leave. Where is she going? Bag. She lives with her parents. In theory, in the she hallway, should. hallway, ready to go. Ready to go. Yes, not ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> well, oh, come on, man. You're 13 years old. <laughs> well, tell me what you want me to do was actually the song that made me a fan. Okay. So when I heard that song, I was like, oh, it's that round and round kid. <laughs> <laughs> and he sounds like a boy now. Right. He's singing these grown ass songs. But I mean, I was a kid at the time too, so it didn't, it wasn't weird to me <laughs> because yeah. when you're a kid, you just don't. I, I didn't catch it at the time because I'm only a year older than he right. is. So he's just a kid who was singing. Yeah. And he was older than me, even though he's still a kid. He was right. older than me. So it wasn't that weird to hear him singing about tell me what you want me to yeah. do. <laughs> So now that I listen to it as an adult, like you had no business singing these songs, man. Well, by this time, I had started to develop my own taste in music. So this song, uh, not only did it make me a fan of Tevin, but it also is reflective of sort of my, what is it called? Like coming into my own taste of music. So that song is very uh, representative of the kind of stuff that I was starting to really like personally and not just sort of just listening to what everyone else was listening to. Okay. Yeah. I think it's funny that he was getting these comparisons to Michael Jackson only because he was young and he's singing R&B music. And he's got that high voice too. Yeah. But vocally and the style of his singing Prince sounds nothing like Michael Jackson. Not Prince either. I think he sounds closer to Prince. Nope, I'm going to you blow your mind so. with Okay, this. all right. Listen to any Tevin Campbell song. I don't care which one it is. Mm-hmm. Anything after Round and Round? Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. I'm going to have to listen to this again. Think about that. Listen to any of his songs. Mm-hmm. He is channeling Whitney Houston. I guess maybe the Prince and Michael Jackson comparison is easy to make just because of again because he has like a high i don't know musical words but he has like a higher <laughs> voice yeah. so it's i think it's easy to just be like oh michael jackson 
Yeah, that that's what it was, but listen to it again. Once right. we're done recording, go all back right. and listen all to right. it. Listen to all of the songs and imagine Whitney singing them. Okay. So maybe because I finally discovered hearing Prince so prominently on Round and Round, I kept just hearing Prince after that. <laughs> Well, well, on the first, no, second album, Prince did like five songs. Yeah, there. I was going to say, especially, well, we'll talk about that album later, yeah. but there's definitely some Prince influences. Yes, so. because he's a huge Whitney Houston fan mm-hmm. and pretty much emulated Whitney Houston. Right. Uh, the song, one song mm-hmm. on the first album, I believe, or the second, I don't remember. He recorded it, but it was originally written for Whitney Houston. Okay. She didn't want it, apparently. He recorded it, but she would perform it in concert. Hmm. And he would perform her songs in concert okay. sometimes as well. So, yeah, the Whitney hit influence is really strong. So. Yeah. All right. I will listen to that again. Look and at that with new eyes and come ears. Back to you. <laughs> All right. With my thoughts. So this album is, I wouldn't call it a no-skip album because there's a lot of songs I skip. Yeah. But I still think it's a pretty solid album for a first official effort from a kid. From a 13-year-old. From a 13-year-old. Like, it's still pretty good. There was like a handful of hits and songs that are good. Like, Tell Me What You Want Me To Do did really well in the charts. And I think Round and Round did as well. I don't know. Yeah, I I looked, but now I can't remember. Yeah, you can still listen to it today. At least half of it. The other half, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. It's kind of like the first Jodeci album. (gasps) I have Jodeci in my notes. Hey, we're in the same wavelength here. Yeah, so you say what you wanted to say first. Uh, Because Al B. Shore produced Mm -hmm. the bulk of the first Jodeci album, and he did half of this album. So all of the songs that I like on this album mm-hmm. were done by Albie Shore okay. and they have the background vocals by Casey and Jojo. Right. So it's essentially Tevin Campbell singing a Jodeci album. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I like it. But the ones yeah. that I don't like, just like with the Jodeci album where half the album sucks. <laughs> I don't like like Little Brother. Right. I only like the song because it's hilarious. <laughs> Listen to this. Okay. Come on now. So what's up? Okay, I have some similar notes. (laughs) So what I said in my notes was um, this album is very reflective of like the early 90s sound. So um, where they're trying to incorporate the new Jack Swing sound wherever they can. Um, And then remember where everybody used to always spell their names? Because on Goodbye, he's like, I'm the T to the E to the B to the I to the N. You don't have to do that. And so my notes about Jodeci is I was saying how like he's better with ballads, just like Jodeci. When they try to do sort of new Jack swing or like upbeat stuff, it's just it doesn't work as well. With Jodeci, they have a couple songs that worked. But for the most part, Jodeci and Tevin, they they're better with ballads and slow songs. Yeah, you can stick in the mid tempo lane. But because at this time, new Jack swing was kind of dying out Mm -hmm. anyway. So, so this, kind of like forcing it in yeah, doesn't help. Yeah, this was kind of at the tail end of it, mm-hmm. right before the second Jodeci album and everybody started to emulate what they were doing. Right. We can talk about them on another episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. They created a shift in R&B. Yes. And I think Tevin got kind of caught up in that. In the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say I still call it a solid effort, a solid album. Yeah. Even if it's maybe only half of it is you would actually listen to today. But I think his standout album, the one that kind of like solidified his 
space in 90s music is the next album. I'm ready. He's ready. Again. <laughs> and he's what, probably seven? Not even. 16. At this point. I think he's about 16. When he's doing that album, he recorded it at 15. Mm-hmm. And it came out when he was 16. So mm-hmm. I'm ready. No, you're not. <laughs> you ain't ready for shit. You think you are. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm thinking back on it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm a little bit older than him. Right. Just barely. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know what? This shit makes sense. Yeah. I, I can use some of these lines on some of these girls. Well, it works. I was probably about 14, 15 when this came out. So, I mean, you know, at that age, you think you're much more grown than you are. Right. So, can we talk? I'm ready. Sure. All of that stuff made sense. Because I think the two songs that people kind of go to when they talk about Tevin is always can we talk Mm -hmm. and I'm ready yeah so can we talk on Spotify has been streamed 67 million times yeah I believe it and I'm ready has only been streamed 19 million times which obviously still a lot but to me if I had to choose between the two I actually would pick I'm ready no I'm going the other way you know can we talk can we talk I mean I like can we talk too but something about I'm ready just kind of Look at it. You can just sway from side to side. Hey, I didn't say it was bad. I love Can We Talk. All right. Let's see. But I'm ready. (laughs) I can put that on, too. I'm going to let this ride out for a little bit, though. Okay. (laughs) Oh, you getting your old man shuffle on. Yeah. (laughs) Two-step king over here. (laughs) Well, according to Tevin on the Twitters, he says that Can We Talk is a stalker song. I wouldn't go as far as saying... I mean, on... The man said it himself, but to me, I think it's more of like daydreaming on your crush because he's basically just talking about how he sees her, but he's too shy to talk to her. Right. So when he's at home, he's thinking about what he's going to say to her the next time he sees her. He's writing her letters. I don't know if I'd call that stalker per se, other than just maybe a big crush and doing a lot of daydreaming. Yeah, I I could see the stalker angle, too. I mean, if you were the stalker type of person. (laughs) But it's not as bad as every breath you take, I'll be watching you. (laughs) Not at all. But yeah, with I'm Ready, I wasn't really a fan of this one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. Mm, Probably because they have snow in the video and you hate snow. Oh, you didn't know nothing about snow back then. Never mind. (laughs) I didn't even pay attention to it. (laughs) But I will say the Can We Talk video is quintessential early 90s clothing. Yeah. Right. So we were coming out of the colorful cross colors look where everything was like, you know, orange jeans and lots of brightly colored stripes and stuff. So it was a lot of muted neutral colors, the plaid shirts, black vests, baggy jeans. And... Basically grunge, but make it hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. So um, I had the exact same outfit, basically the plaid shirt, the black vest, the baggy we jeans, boots. Yes, we did. <laughs> but this kind of leads me to story time. So around this time, I was an extra in a video for a Vancouver rap group called Cypher. And the song was called Peeps. And in the video, I'm wearing this outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. The plaid jacket, the black vest, hoop earrings. Um, So I was about 15 at this time. And I thought it was so cool because it was filmed in an actual club. I mean, it was filmed during the day. So it wasn't like an actual club (laughs) night. So they weren't actually serving alcohol. It was a set. (laughs) It was a set. Yeah. But it was still a club. Okay. That counts. (laughs) My friend had heard about the casting call from somewhere. So we went out to Vancouver and so you can't see my face that clearly 
in the video. Like if you saw a picture of me, you wouldn't look at that video and be like, hey, look, there's Christina. But because the plaid shirt that I was wearing had like more white and gray in it and everyone was wearing darker colors, you can see me <laughs> just based on the outfit description. And I was getting my Aaliyah on with oh, little God. hands dancing. <laughs> And of course, we did not get paid. Of course, but not. I didn't care because you got I was paid like, exposure. Yeah, I got paid. I was like, I'm in a rap video. <laughs> oh, if anybody wants to go to YouTube and look this up, feel free. Take a screenshot, send it to us at Troy Podcast on your socials. I looked it up. It's on YouTube. Maybe we'll post it. Maybe we will. Mm-hmm. I think we should. Because then people don't know it's li- well. Look for the girl with long hair, hoop and earrings, plaid. and a plaid shirt and a black vest. I want to see this. <laughs> I'm going to have to see this. <laughs> All right. So we had our head to head with can we talk versus I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And as much as I like both, if I had to choose, it'd be I'm ready. However, one of my other favorite songs from this album is actually Don't Say Goodbye. Okay. And I just really, really, really like the song. But I checked out how it charted on the billboards. The billboards. (laughs) The billboard. Why can I never say this properly? I don't know. Anyway, so on the top 100, it only went up to 71. Okay. Whereas I believe Can We Talk and I'm Ready was like six or nine or something like high. Right. Top 10. But on the R&B charts, it reached 20 at least. So yeah, R&B listeners knew. That's surprising that it only made 20. I know. I mean, it's still not high as I would like it to be considering how much I like the song. But considering it's 20 on R&B and 71 on the top 100, at least the R&B fans knew to at least listen to the song. I guess I'm misremembering because I thought that song got a lot of airplay. And for it to only reach number 20, that's that's surprising. Maybe whatever radio station you're listening to gave it more airplay. I guess. They weren't playing uh, Casey Kasem, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Casey Kasem's top 40 of the week or whatever it was that I used to listen to. I was off that by 14, 15, though. (laughs) But (laughs) anyways, um, now looking back, very inappropriate lyrics for a 16-year-old talking about baby don't stand there in the doorway with all your bags ready to go like. Yeah, ready to go. (laughs) Some emancipated minor shit going on here. (laughs) Like what bags? At your place, like your mama's place, like is she, are you even allowed to have sleepovers? So many questions. But the thing that's funny is, you know, the song, he's, you know, he's begging her to stay, right? Right. He's also a little bit um, upset. He says, what do you think you're going to find? A man who treats you sweeter? What are you looking for? A place where grass grows greener? The world is cold out there. I'm the one who really cares. It feels yeah. slightly toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Tevin was one of the OG gaslight boys. Yes. It's like, wait a minute. He sounds... Uh... That's gaslighting one-on-one. <laughs> it's like, please, baby, stay. You ain't gonna find nothing better. Yeah, so why are you leaving? <laughs> it's just funny listening to it now, being much older, and also thinking about how young he was at the time, and just, you know, things change, standards change, and whatever. But I still love the song. I just think it's hilarious. Oh, and don't forget, maybe my crime is caring about you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Gaslight boy. OG gaslight boy. I still love the song, and I still think it deserved to be more popular than it was. At least, you know, we can only gauge by the charts by so much you know whatever it is on the charts doesn't mean that's where it is in people's hearts and minds exactly um but as much as we've talked about this 
album and even the album previous about him singing about topics that are a little too mature for his age. Ah, hello. Break it down. This is where the Prince influence is heavy. I want to do you after school like some homework. Emancipated minor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It actually makes me, as an adult, again, listening to it now, it makes me feel a little weird. (laughs) Again, when you're 15, 16 years old, you're like, you know what? How can I take this line and twist it? (laughs) And I can use it. I mean, I thought it was titillating back then, but it wasn't inappropriate. I was just like, oh, Tevin's like singing like this. (laughs) But listening as an adult, I skipped the song. No, I don't. It's too weird for me. I, listen. I still listen to it. But yeah, he sounds exactly like Prince in the song because, well, Prince wrote the song. That's what you get when you're hanging out with Prince. <laughs> yes. You're going to get all of this. Uh, I, I'd rather do you after school like some homework. Hey, he was getting his point across. And like I said, if I was going to take some of the line and twist them up and regurgitate them out to some high school girls I'm going to school with. <laughs> Because you can't say the exact same line because they got this album, too. Yes. <laughs> so you need to switch it up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be naive and say that, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-olds weren't having sex. But it just it's weird to just hear him <laughs> singing about this in public. <laughs> hey, he, he was a wild boy. And especially because he was always portrayed as being very wholesome. Right. Like, you know, we talk about this lyrics being a little too mature for him, but his persona was always very wholesome. Right. His videos were very wholesome. And so this was kind of a departure from that as yeah. well, too, which kind of made it a little more shocking. Not for me. It was like, <laughs> you know what? Tevin seemed like a dude I could kick it with. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he get out. <laughs> Tevin's just like us. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Um, I think that's really it for this album. Uh, I mean, there were some other good songs like Brown Eyed Girl, Always in My Heart. But the ones that we've discussed are the, um, the standout ones, I guess. I do. Actually, I do quite like Always in My Heart, too. Whitney Houston again. Yeah. You've brought that to my attention. I can see this. I'm going to have to give it a, <laughs> a, a more um, discerning listen again okay. <laughs> after this. But one thing I wanted to mention about this album is, unfortunately, this is his best album out of his discography. And it's the only one that's not available for streaming. You can't stream it. You can't buy it. It's nowhere. I've looked. I have a tape in storage. (laughs) I don't have a tape. I have it on CD in storage. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad you have it on CD because I'm pretty sure I don't. But I definitely have the tape. But we we really got to go to our storage. It's in storage, but I don't want to go get it. (laughs) I know it's there. Even though this album is not available, at least most of the songs are available on his greatest hits album. Yeah. So at least we have that. Yes. So that we, again, do not have to go to storage and look for it. I'm not. <laughs> All right. So um, one thing I also wanted to mention before we move on to the next album was remember um, that song, You Will Know by Black Men United. Of course. That came out around that time. And Tevin was, well, it was a big collective of maybe about 40 or so singers, yeah. but he was one of the lead singers. Yeah. And it's just funny because, again, when I was doing my research, I was watching um, when they performed on the American Music Awards. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. You should look it up. Okay. So he hits this high note that he doesn't do in the original recording. And Elder Barge is standing next to him. And he just whips his head over and looks at him like, oh. <laughs> and then he just like 
shakes his head afterwards like okay this is what we're doing <laughs> and what's funny is on the uh the actual song everybody else is pretty constrained yes he's the only one that's like doing ad libs yep. and just out there oh with the performance like there was a reason why Eldebarge whipped his head around like he <laughs> he went there <laughs> and he was just like as the kids say shook <laughs> I'm going to have to look this up. Oh, it's hilarious. And also, here's another little fun fact. This also featured a young pre-cornrow D'Angelo on the keyboard. Yeah. No, he, piano, on the piano. He wrote the song. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he wrote the song at the time. Actually, I can't even remember if I knew who he... I don't think I even knew who he was yet, but I remember seeing him. So basically, this song is a who's who of black male R&B singers yeah. in the early to mid 90s like if you go through the list yeah. looking back there's some that probably didn't, didn't belong yes. i think i think your faves drs might have been <laughs> so there's some people that were just hot at the time that didn't yes. deserve to be there but there's definitely but definitely a strong collective there was like rafael sadiq yeah uh, johnny gill boys to men uh who else genuine was there genuine oh he who will not be named yes, unfortunately the nigga was who will there. not be named was there <laughs> Oh, uh, what's your man from next? Oh, yeah. RL. RL. Just him? I don't know if. I hope they the invited all of them. Saying, At least let him sing background. Gerald Avert. Yeah, Gerald. No, I'm getting this song mixed up with The Best Man. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, The Best Man was only four of them. Yeah. But okay. RL yeah, I don't think that. Genuine wasn't there yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was. I don't think he was out yet. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm was... getting the two mixed up. Anyways, it was it was a lot of Joe. Yeah. Was there? <laughs> Another dirty Mac and motherfucker. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, if you are curious about who's who of black male RB <laughs> yes, singers in, in 1994, 95, <laughs> just watch that. <laughs> yeah. It will let you know who was hot. And then there, there were some who were already established by that time. So, like a Gerald Avert who was not new. And then um, some who were hot around that time and then some who were only hot at that time yeah, they were hot that week <laughs> yeah i'm sure michael and prince got the call and immediately hung up <laughs> it's like no nah, i'm not nah. coming out of my house for this nah, i got better things to do yeah what's that movie from it was from a movie jason's lyric yeah another classic with bokeem would buy oh i never got to watch it we can watch it tonight. All right. Because where I grew up. <laughs> we are watching it tonight. <laughs> you know, I like me some bokeh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We are well, watching that tonight. What's that one line I used to say? I ain't going out like no punk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, where I grew up, it was a little hard to come by some of these films. Okay. So I didn't never got a chance to watch it. All right. All right. So that wraps up his second effort. I'm uh, ready. Yes, I'm ready. Which leads to his third album, Back to the World. Yeah. I literally only know the title track. I have it. I like half of it. Uh, the other half I really can't get into because, mm -hmm. like I said, he was kind of straddling both worlds with the... I'm going to do some Jodeci type production, mm -hmm. but it was early Jodeci production. Right. And I'm also going to have a lot of like Elliot Babyface mm -hmm. making these big ballads for Tony Braxton and Whitney Houston type songs, too. Right. I listen to Whitney Houston and Tony Braxton and a lot of those type of R&B singers, the traditional R&B. Didn't really like it because it reminded me of stuff like my aunt and my mom would listen to. <laughs> Not something a, a young man or right. a teenager would want to listen to. How like, old are you around this time? 
Oh, Back to the World. So you were probably... Back to the World was 96. I was 21. 21, yeah. So when the Tevin album was out Mm -hmm. and you're getting that sound and it sounds like Jodeci, by 96, they don't sound like that anymore. No, they don't. So I kind of gravitated towards that type of R&B, whereas Tevin's career kind of went towards the more traditional R&B. Uh, this album does have some production by the uh, Bad Boy staff. The Hitman did like three songs okay. on it. So those sound a lot like uh, stuff that Puffy was doing for like Mary J. Blige right. and 112 and all that stuff. So those are the songs that I like. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, eh, it's too traditional. It's too much Whitney Luther Vandross type of R&B. <laughs> Not something a 21-year-old yeah. young man would want to listen to. Yeah. Back to the world, though, I... Again, just because it was Seven Camel, I bought it. Right. Didn't hear the album. Because that's what we did back then. One of your favorite artists released yeah. an album. You may hear a single. doesn't matter. You just buy it. Yeah. And this was the first single. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing <laughs> a poster for it, like in Sam Goody or the warehouse yeah. or something. And he's sitting in this chair with yes. the shiny suit, which would have been okay. But he had those braids. Those braids, man. Oh, those O-Dog braids. It, it was like the only people who were still wearing those braids at that time was him and Mystical. And they both looked equally silly wearing them. <laughs> but it just didn't suit it, what we thought his... It just didn't match what, what his persona was. I don't care I what the persona was. He didn't need those braids. He did not. Those braids were terrible. Mystical didn't need those braids. <laughs> Nobody needed those braids at all. So it was like, you know what? I'm going to give him a pass on the braids. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's Tevin Campbell. I, I'll still give it a shot. And like I said, half of it I liked. Uh, the Hitman produced songs, I like those. There's a couple of them. Other ones that I like. Yeah. I, I only knew the title of track, and I never bothered to get the CD, so... I don't know any of the songs other than that one, but I did take a listen to it and it's not a bad album, no, not but at there's all. just no real standout songs. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, I wouldn't call it a bad album, but it's also not particularly memorable. Yeah. Yeah. There's this maybe five, mm-hmm. maybe six that I'll keep in rotation, but for the most part, the whole thing, no. Yeah. And pretty much what you said, like the reason why the songs don't sound bad to me is because it sounds like other stuff that yeah. I listened to was listening to at that time. Because I was listening to Tony Braxton. I was listening to Jodeci. I was listening to 112. So, you know, it was just all that similar sound. Yeah. Even the first single, the Back to the World, mm-hmm. it it doesn't slap like the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, here we are. We're starting a little bit of a decline. You got these braids, but I'm still going <laughs> to give you a chance. But then you listen to the rest of the album. And again, there's the traditional R&B that I wasn't into at the time. Yeah. But you got the production from Diddy and uh, I think it was Chucky Thompson. Okay. Who did a lot of the, the songs that I like. You got some vocals from 112 and uh, Kima, Keisha and Pam. Yeah. They're doing a lot of the background vocals okay. on these songs. So it sounds a lot like some bad boy stuff. Yeah. And that's probably why I like it. You just drop Tevin on some bad boy tracks. Boom, mm-hmm. you win. I think he, at this point in his career, he hit that, you know, that stage where, especially when you start off really young, where you're trying to move into the new sound. Yeah. We came to expect him to sound a certain way. And now he sounds like 112. Like it just. Well, that didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. I actually liked that part of it because, again, that's what I was listening to. Mm -hmm. But there's other songs on the album that were like some babyface produced ballad i don't want to hear that <laughs> but again that's what i'm saying is like maybe he needed to pick a lane at least yeah and he chose the more traditional lane yeah and i think honestly if 
different songs had been chosen for singles, mm-hmm. then it would have done a lot better. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it another listen because like I said, do that. maybe, you know, it's one of those things where you just got to, you know, let it sit and hear it a couple times. Yeah. It sounds like stuff that I like. Yeah. So there's no reason why I wouldn't like it more. That's basically what the last album sounds like. Uh, what was it called? Just it Tevin? It was just Tevin Campbell. Just Tevin Campbell. So I never heard this album either. I think it was 1999. Yeah, it, it was, was his last album. So I, it's crazy to think about that his last album yeah, was in 1999. That's 21 years ago. <laughs> good maths. Good math. Quick maths. Um. Yeah, I had never heard of this album. I didn't even know there was an album release until we was looking up stuff for this. I knew it was released, mm-hmm. but I haven't heard anything from it. Yeah. I actually meant to listen to it <laughs> before we were recording this, and I forgot. Yeah. I got caught up listening to Skills' Hip Hop Confessions podcast, <laughs> and I forgot to actually listen to this one, but I'm going to do it after we're done recording. Um, I took a quick listen where I just sort of skipped through the songs just to get a feel for what it sounded like. So if you liked the the Bad Boy Produce songs from the last album, you might like this. Okay. Um, it's, I have the same sort of feelings about it where it's not a bad album, but again, there's really no standout songs, but by this time it looks like it sounds like he was trying to go with sort of the current trend of R&B because the songs sound a lot like, you know, Donnell Jones or Case or like those kinds of R&B singers. Yeah. For my, my quick listen, I think he was also singing a little bit lower than not that high pitch sort of the can we talk? I'm ready sort of, again, I don't know my musical words, but <laughs> his voice, he was trying to sing a little bit lower. So it does sound a little bit more like the more popular R&B. Uh, male singers at that time. Okay, then I should like it. Yeah, so in theory, you should like it. Again, um, I took a quick listen. I just kind of, uh, like, just get a feel for it. Um, apparently, he had some songs on the, some Goofy movie soundtrack that kind <laughs> eye of... Eye. I had never heard of this Eye to Eye song until you mentioned something like your coworker was saying something about it. And I was like, <laughs> what? What is this song? And so... Yeah, he's in the Goofy movie. <laughs> he plays Powerline. I did not know this. I think and, he's got three songs on the soundtrack because when i was looking up in his streams on spotify of course those two songs popped up and <laughs> i was like funny. well i guess that opened him up to uh, another set of fans hey you get that money where you can man <laughs> that disney money yeah if, if you're gonna be in the goofy movie go for it <laughs> yeah that eye tie is not for me though <laughs> yeah of course it's not for you because you are not a eight-year-old child right now but good for him it was targeted towards <laughs> kids who were watching the disney channel at that time i'm gonna stick to my tevin album <laughs> and i will probably um give these later two albums a little a couple more listens okay yeah i will if you go to the back to the world album you can mm-hmm. listen to the title track mm-hmm. and then look in the credits find produced by sean puffy combs and <laughs> dot 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 for right. bad boy yeah start with those <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then you can circle back to the baby mm-hmm. face stuff if you so choose, but I don't. Well, I, I tend to like baby face written songs a little bit more than you do. Yeah. So maybe I will definitely give it a little uh, another. I think you'll like it. Another listener too. Something that I find interesting, like I said, his last album was 1999 and the man just disappeared. Mm. It's hard to stay gone and nobody sees you. Like he pops up every couple years to do like BET awards, right. come do some tribute or something and then disappears again. Mm-hmm. He might pop up and do a quick tour, 
South Africa or something, <laughs> disappear again. Somebody's talking spicy about him on Twitter. Yes. He pops up, says something, he's gone again. He was a quality follow on Twitter. Yes. So I'm sad. It looks like he's gone for yeah, now. Like, I went looking for him the other day and was disappointed that he was gone. I'm sad. Yeah. Because he was definitely a quality follow. He sure was. Um, Tevin Campbell, if there's some crazy chance that you are actually listening, please come back. <laughs> Twitter is yeah. If anybody can get me in touch with Tevin, <laughs> please do. I would like to have at least a fifteen minute conversation with him, <laughs> or at least come back to Twitter with your spicy takes. Let, let's start with Twitter, <laughs> and then let's have a conversation. Oh, one of my favorite um, moments of him just popping up out of nowhere was when he just randomly recorded himself singing "Can We Talk," and I'm assuming he's in his home because he just comes sliding through a door. <laughs> and just starts singing and it was like 20 years anniversary of this song hope you guys like it it's the only video on his youtube channel <laughs> of course it is and it's from 2012 <laughs> and he just comes sliding in yeah! <laughs> and there's like one single light in the room and that's it <laughs> yeah he just comes and goes when he pleases like i have social media now now i don't come back at some point come back Come save us. Come save us in 2021, Tevin Campbell. <laughs> save You're us from what? <laughs> What's he saving us from? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> so I guess we can, can wrap this up. Yeah, I think um, I think that even though despite the last two albums didn't really do well in terms of sales and this and that, he still had a, a lustrous career, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's hard for, first of all, it's hard to get one hit. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people who get one hit can't get a second hit. They can't. Or they have one good album and can't get a second good album. So I think he's already done a lot more than a lot of other artists. And you can't have a conversation about 90s R&B without including him. And so I think that his career, despite maybe some ups and downs or whatever, is something to be admired. <laughs> yeah. And you bring that up. And <laughs> back when Aretha Franklin passed, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say who it is because she's been dragged enough for okay. a comment. Immediately, people started asking who should memorialize Aretha at her funeral. And someone who will remain nameless. Okay. I don't know who you're something. talking about. I saw someone mention Tevin Campbell should do it. What uh, rock did they drag that name from under? And Twitter went ballistic. Yes. She was getting destroyed left, right, and center. I don't remember who said it. It was regular people responding. Uh -huh. It was celebrities responding. <laughs> Everybody was just pouring on this woman. And <laughs> it was hilarious to see that so many people are out here in favor yes. of the Tevin Campbell support. Ava DuVernay was like, basically, you're a fool. And now that you brought it up, I'm trying to figure out a way I'm going to write Tevin into a script for one of the episodes of Queen Sugar. <laughs> and then a couple months later, I see him on the set of Queen Sugar. Oh, I need, <laughs> to, I need to get back into, into that. The script. OK, and now I definitely really need to get back into that. It's just stuff like that. <laughs> That's hilarious. And so th there are some of us out there who are still waiting for the Tevin Campbell comeback. <laughs> And those who aren't, they keep getting smacked to the side mm -hmm. and put back into their place. I do remember this Twitter con controversy. <laughs> controversy. Because I remember how we put together a Tevin Campbell Essentials playlist. Yes. And I couldn't remember why. That was why. That must have been the reason. Because I just <laughs> remember something happened where everyone had to be like, no, let us r remind you <laughs> about King Tevin. All right. Yes. <laughs>
He gets regular rotation on my playlist, regardless of whoever said that. She she don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> she knows now. Yeah. All right. So I guess this brings us to the end. Yeah, that, that wraps it up for okay. us. Uh, so if you want to listen to what we've been talking about today, we put together a companion playlist to go along with our episode. So if you're on Spotify or Apple Music, you can search the Troy podcast on there and the playlist will come up if you so choose. Thanks for listening and joining us today. Don't forget to rate, subscribe on your podcast service of choice and five stars or, you know, just don't bother. Yeah, I agree. Five stars or I'm coming to your house. If you're not going to rate five stars, just don't listen anymore. How about that? <laughs> I agree. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, on aka the bird. the bird app at Troy Podcast. Same thing on the gram, Troy Podcast, T R O Y Podcast. See y'all in two weeks or two so. Two weeks, three weeks. Two we'll weeks. see how it goes. All right. See you next time. Bye.